Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? All right. Greetings, everybody. How are you doing today? I have a return guest with me, and I'm going to have him introduce himself again in just a minute. As a reminder, I want to be your career coach. Many of you have taken advantage of these. Uh, This is now episode 156 of the podcast, and you've gotten lots of great content from me for free, which I am thrilled and honored to give to you. Many of you have also attended my weekly webinars on a variety of job search topics every Thursday at four o'clock Eastern. And if you're ready to take that to the next step from an interested to a committed level, then you want to reach out to me. You'll find my link to my uh, calendar in the show notes, and you can schedule a full hour consult with me. We're going to talk about where you're at now, where you want to get to, what you've done, if anything, to get there. And I'm going to prescribe for you. And if I can help you, I'm going to let you know what that looks like. So if that's something you would be interested in, uh, get get on my calendar. And uh, I look forward to meeting you. So today, we're going to talk about the unique challenges of managing and being managed in a remote workforce, I think. And of course, one of the questions I have for our guest today is, (laughs) what's going to happen in the future? As if he has a crystal ball, I'm I'm going to pretend that he does. But really going forward, I think that many of us, it's kind of become the new norm. And even as things loosen up and people go back to work, many will still be working remotely. So I think this is a very timely topic. And my guest today is Bruce Tolgan. And Bruce, please, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for bringing me on again. Uh, It's an honor and a privilege and uh, I'm thrilled to do it. So why don't you tell the folks uh, about yourself? Yeah, just to remind people. um, So we've been doing research on the front lines of the workplace for 27 years. Um, and uh, we've included more than a half a million people in our in-depth interviews uh, from more than 400 organizations over the last 27 years. Everything we do is based on this ongoing in-depth interview research, and uh, that's turned into 21 books and video training programs and uh, our work with organizations of all shapes and sizes, ranging from the United States Army to the YMCA and lots of folks in between. So that's wow. uh, we're at Rainma- we're at rainmakerthinking.com is us. Fabulous, Bruce. Well, it is again a pleasure to have you again on the podcast. And in terms of these unique challenges in managing and being managed remotely, what are some of those challenges? Well, you know, look, everyone right now is wondering how much longer until we go back to work? And let's remember that some people, uh, they can't do their work remotely, right? But a lot of people are discovering, oh, wow, they can do their work remotely. And let's remember that this is a trend that had been developing for at least 20 years, but really in earnest over the last 10 years, and even more so in the last five years, uh, that more and more people, uh, they're either on the road uh, or um, that's always been the case, right? Or um, they're in distributed uh, workforces and distributed organizations that have 
locations all over the place. And then plenty of people have determined that, hey, uh, our people can work from home. So it's not like this is brand new, right? We have some experience with people working remotely uh, over the years. But of course, as of the pandemic, everyone went home uh, except for the people who couldn't. Uh, And so it's accelerating this trend. And a lot of people uh, had what we what we're saying, what we're seeing in our research is there are three phases. So when the lockdown happened, a lot of people had a lot of adjusting to do Uh, and they had to figure it out. They had to figure out the technology. They had to figure out the protocols. Um, They and then they had to get used to it. Right. Then phase two is people start thinking, oh, wow, maybe it doesn't matter where I work. Maybe it doesn't matter. Uh, Maybe I can work anywhere. In fact, a lot of the data shows that productivity and quality for a lot of people has increased. And a lot of people, they're enjoying the flexibility. A lot of people, they're enjoying the convenience. A lot of people, they love not having the commute, right? So on the flip side, of course, some people feel unmoored. They feel disconnected. They feel less supported. Some managers worry, well, geez, if people aren't right here with me, what, how do I know if they're working, right? Um, some managers who don't like managing anyway are like, oh, out of sight, out of mind, until <laughs> something goes wrong, right? But now in phase three, what we're seeing is people are starting to say, gee, I miss being at work. Some people, uh, some people are starting to say, wow, something really is missing. Some people are starting to say, hey, if this is going to be the new normal, What's it going to look like? Um, And so I think we're at um, another crossroad. And of course, as the pandemic is uh, accelerating again, uh, the answer to when are we going back to normal is no time soon. Uh, But, you know, there are a lot of challenges uh, that leaders face uh, trying to keep people focused and motivated and executing and trying to give people guidance, direction and support when they're not in proximity. And there are a lot of uh, challenges that individual contributors face when they're trying to stay focused and motivated and keep moving in the right direction, but they're at home. Uh, There are different sets of challenges, I think, that are facing individuals trying to get their work done at home and managers trying to provide guidance, direction, and support. And let's remember, managers are workers too. So managers have both sets of challenges. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, as a single woman who lives alone, you know, my challenge, of course, I was working remotely years before this happened, but my challenge has been the isolation. But then I talked to other folks who, you know, their husbands are working and they're having to make two workspaces, plus they've got a passel of kids and they're all being remotely educated and, and the dog is barking. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the other end of the spectrum. And then, of course, everything in between. So certainly, certainly facilities is, is an issue, you know, and making space and privacy for everyone, not, you know, killing each other when you're all in the house together. Um, and at the same time, that need for the connection. And I'm, I'm certainly hearing that from my clients, Bruce. Some are like, I don't ever want to go back to work. Some are thinking, you know, I can't wait to go back to work. And others now want a blended uh, situation. And of course, the cat's out of the bag, right? So, you know, they, <laughs> the employer can no longer say, well, you can't do your job remotely. <laughs> 
which I think exactly, is kind of hilarious. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think you're so right. I mean, before it was like, well, my dog gets lonely at home and uh, whatever it is. And so we're, 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 well, I don't know about your job. I don't know if you can do your job from home. Yep, turns out I can. <laughs> and in many cases, as you pointed out, better than they did it in the office because the distractions, and depending on your home situation, the distractions may be minimal compared to what you would face at work. There's nobody popping in your door and plopping down and wanting to chat about their weekend. Yeah, right. It's like, like uh, you know, people get interrupted all day long. Um, you know, and, uh, there's that, always that person who participates in everybody else's break <laughs> right? You know, going around from, from cube to cube or, um, and, and so, yeah, th th there's a lot gained. What's gained? You're not getting interrupted, at least not in person. Uh, the interruptions are coming by text or by Slack or by email. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, so you at least have some more latitude to, um, uh, wait to respond to those interruptions. Uh, you have the convenience um, and the comfort and the flexibility uh, of being at home. Uh, you know, I had uh, one uh, person say that um, her manager said, hey, you know, you're saving two hours a day in commuting. That's 10 hours a week. I'll split that time with you. You get five hours and I get five more hours. <laughs> and, oh. uh, so, right. Hey, wait a second. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people are getting more work done. Uh, and um, uh, but uh, some people are feeling isolated and there is something missing. Right. The proximity, the propinquity. So uh, the, uh, on the one hand, you know, I think a lot of managers. When somebody is in uh, proximity physically, right, when somebody's there in a building during certain hours in a chair. Uh, sometimes managers use place and time as a lazy measure. It's like a crutch. Oh, that person's here. Well, mm -hmm. that person's, oh, that person's here all day. That person's here until 11 o'clock. Well, if you're not paying attention to what that person's doing, you know, that person could be working on their kid's art project just because they're in a particular building during certain hours or in a particular chair. Uh, you know, that's a, a pretty bad measure of most performance. And so I think a lot of managers are realizing, wow, you know, without the crutch of place and time, oh yeah, the person's here. Uh, uh, without the crutch of place and time, some managers are discovering, oh wow, you know, I have to really pay more attention to expectations, to actual performance, to concrete actions, to monitoring and measuring and documenting performance. So in that sense, uh, it's forcing managers, at least some managers, to do what they should have been doing in the first place, mm -hmm. uh, which is paying much more attention to performance and much less um, attention to place and time. Um, and I think the other thing is a lot of managers are discovering, uh, while they're doing a lot more structured communication, because they have to, right? You have to plan more for communication. Uh, at least at the beginning, you know, we were Zooming each other like crazy and zoom there's a zoom team huddle and a zoom one-on-one -on -one and a zoom this and a zoom that i think now what we're seeing as people are settling into a new normal um something i'm advising people to be really careful about um is i think a lot of people are slipping back into some of their bad habits of uh -huh. less structured communication so yes it there is something as you know too much meetings 
but I think uh, some people are getting, you know, oh, they're slipping back to management by interruption, management by touching base, management by watching emails. We're still having those Zoom meetings, but we're not always making sure those meetings are, are really, really good. Um, and uh, so one of the things I'm trying to encourage our clients to do is, uh, you know, make sure managers are are taking advantage of this tremendous opportunity to to put more structure and substance into their communication and to focus much more on actual performance that really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and as individual contributors, what I'm telling them is, you know, help your manager do that. Help your manager stay focused on the right stuff. I think that's so important. And and I, I read somewhere, I think it was so meaningful to me to kind of, it really caught my attention was this notion that managers are just subject, they're subject to, you know, having their favorites in the office, or as you said, that time and place concept, he's here all day long, he must be doing a great job. And this remote work has really forced them to evaluate performance outcomes, product, and, uh, and it's been a real eye opener for both the managers and the employees in many cases. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And, um, you know, there's something missing when we're not together. There's no question about that. And one of the things we're really looking at is, hey, let's 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 be aware of what's missing and let's be aware um, of how to uh, fill some of those gaps and 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 maintain uh, an awareness uh, of of those issues so we don't lose too much. Uh, but it's also a great opportunity and. Um, uh, if we can stay more focused on concrete actions, real results that matter. Um, now, you know, you mentioned playing favorites. I always tell managers, hey, um, you know, if, if you're favoring someone, just make sure it's because they do more work better and faster than the other right. person. <laughs> so, so I'm curious about what are, what are you seeing companies do in, re, in response to this pandemic, in response to the remote work? What are some of the kind of best practices that you've seen? And, and then conversely, what are some of the really regrettable missteps that companies have made? Uh, there are certain kinds of work that people do have to come together to do. So I think, you know, a lot of organizations are figuring out a new cadence, um, a new cadence of communication, a new cadence of uh, synchronizing schedules, a new cadence of recognizing that a lot of work doesn't need to be synchronized. That, you know, you mentioned earlier that if you have two uh, partners, you know, uh, uh, domestic partners in a home who both have jobs, and then, uh, you know, kids going to school, sometimes they have kids who are working from home. And, and if they don't have a giant home, you know, uh, you know, some of them are building a, an old fashioned blanket fort as their own, you know, <laughs> where's your office? I have the blanket fort, you know, uh, or, but what some people are doing is they're doing a lot of their work in the middle of the night because that's the only time that's quiet here in this house or so, right. So people are adapting. Uh, and I think business leaders and managers are realizing, oh, well, a lot of work doesn't need to be synchronized. Um, uh, you know, summers, oh, well, so-and-so is away from her desk. Uh, so-and-so is away from his desk. Well, wait a minute. Do we expect people now at home to be chained to their computer from eight to five? That doesn't make sense. It's not healthy and it's not optimal in terms of working conditions. 
So uh, what I think a lot of uh, organizations are saying, hey, let's be available to each other from 11 to 2 or, you know, 2 to 5 or let's everyone be available from 4 to 5 and 11 to 12 or something like that, right? So they're smaller synchronized zones. Um, and then the second thing I think a lot of organizations are doing is they're saying, hey, these team huddles, let's make sure that we're not just meeting for the sake of meeting because all of a sudden we all went home and what do we do? We better have meeting, right? So let's make sure we're having meetings for really good reasons. Um, there are four good reasons to have a meeting one is to create a feeling of belonging and togetherness. Um, second is if you have information, you want to communicate to a bunch of people in the same way at the same time. Third, if there are open questions that people need to resolve together, managing interdependent work, handoffs, uh, coordinating, collaborating, um, where you, brainstorming, if you have to listen to each other and respond spontaneously to each other. And then the fourth reason is so often, when you have a team huddle, you realize, ooh, I need to have a one-on-one -on -one with Mr. Blue, right? Uh, mm -hmm. so, so I think organizations are getting better at making sure they have meetings for good reasons. Um, I'm seeing uh, more organizations, you know how you go into a conference room sometimes and you see like meeting manners and, and you like, or, you know, meeting rules, clean up after yourself. And you're like, really, do they need those rules? But the reality is some people are just horrible meeting citizens. And so uh, I think uh, teaching good meeting citizenship, requiring good meeting citizenship, meaning whoever's holding the meeting has got to be really disciplined about providing an agenda, making sure it's for a good reason, uh, then providing an agenda, then having you know, sticking to the agenda um, and enforcing some kind of good meeting citizenship. Um, so uh, I think people are getting better. Uh, organizations are getting better uh, at when to have meetings, how to have meetings. Uh, having the right number of meetings. I think another thing people are doing is um, uh, another best practice we're identifying is really paying attention to how important email is. Um, and of course, we were communicating a tremendous amount by email, but we're having a greater awareness of how we use email. And so good email hygiene. Right now, if we're using email so much more as a connective tissue, uh, let's make sure that we have some good guidelines. You know, you don't CC all unless you need to. You don't reply all unless you need to. Um, if, if, if you're um, in part of an ongoing message string and the topic changes, change the subject line. Uh, you know, don't use email like text and Slack. Use email for more uh, carefully crafted messages and uh, packages of information. Uh, so I think that's another thing people are finding is they're getting better at using email. I think the best managers are really now seeing how important high structure, high substance one-on-ones are, uh, more important than ever. And so I think a lot of managers and individual contributors are getting much better at having good one-on-ones. Um, and, and, um, look, you know, you've also, I think, got to be aware of what we're losing by not being in proximity to each other and, um, trying to fill in some of those gaps because there definitely is something missing, not being in proximity to each other. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I think it's going to be so interesting going forward to see, I think there's going to be 
three kind of my in my opinion three kind of groups of companies that and and the winners are clearly going to be group one which is okay this is the new normal this is best practices going forward and we're going to make this work in a way that serves the company and also the employees but i think there's also going to be some group of companies clearly the losers that will be insistent on going back to the way things used to be and very um kind of think of the old um, academy types of um, businesses. I was in higher education for 22 years. And if you want to see a definition of resistant to change, just look them up in the dictionary. And so I think there gonna be <laughs> right. there's going to be organizations that will be like, nope, that was a blip. And now we're back to business as usual. And then there will be a, a, some number of companies that will be somewhere in between. And they'll kind of, you know, maybe muddle around trying to figure out what they're going to do going forward. Does that seem fair? I think you're right. I mean, I think uh, that some are realizing this is a transformation uh, that uh, there, the, the train has left the station. What we need to do is figure out um, how to tap into this transformation and um, and make improvements and, and adapt. And but look, you know, some work, I'll give you an example. Um, so engineering, you know, engineering is the kind of thing uh, especially hardware engineering or machine engineering, uh, where a lot of people thought, well, how can you possibly do that from home? Uh, and yet, uh, I've seen organization after organization where people are bringing home to borrow, uh, testing equipment, all kinds of stuff where they're doing work that uh, previously, you know, people just didn't imagine, how would you do that from home? Um, so, it, uh, but there's still stuff, let's say you've got software engineers and you've got uh, electrical engineers and mechanical engineers, and they're all doing their own thing, but we're, we're making a machine. So the integration uh, and troubleshooting session, they still have to come together, right? Where they're all with the machine at the same time. So uh, they're, they're coming, when they're coming together, it's for a very specific business reason. Um, and, and I use that example because I think some work, uh, like the restaurant industry, we have a lot of clients in the restaurant industry. I mean, it's just never going to be the case that the way you run a restaurant is you have people say, hey, come to my house and I'll make you some French fries, <laughs> right? That's just, yeah, no. well, that's not a restaurant, right? That's coming to your house for French fries. That's not a restaurant. But, but I do think that uh, some uh, organizations in the restaurant industry are discovering delivery in a way they never would have. They're discovering curbside pickup in a way they never would have. They're developing outdoor dining in a way they never would have. In some are even, you know, streamlining the menus. And so, um, but that, but those are two different examples of, um, like, I think if restaurants are still going to be restaurants, they're going to pretty much go back to the way they work. Uh, live entertainment, same. Uh, but even things like machine engineering uh, are not going to be the same. They're not going to be the same. Uh, more and more, you're going to find work that we never would have thought would be done remotely um, is going to be done at least in part remotely in the future. So I'm wondering to the, the managers that are listening to this, and we've talked about the kind of best practices around meeting organization and meeting planning. What would you say are maybe three key strategies for managers to consider as they manage remotely? Remember what's missing. 
So when people are not in proximity to each other, uh, there is something missing. Now, even if we're on Zoom, uh, well, we're missing some visual cues. We're missing some auditory cues. We can't smell, taste, or touch each other. Now, I always tell managers, you shouldn't be smelling, touching, and tasting your employees anyway. Um, but It's a general rule. That's, but, a, that's a good, those are good words to live by, Bruce. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, hey, listen, that's why I get paid the big bucks. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, but there is this, there is something that's 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 lacking. Uh, I did a, 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 a seminar, a remote seminar for a whole bunch of um, uh, military uh, scientists and engineers last week. You know, here are people who, you know, they're not groovy. Okay. And when I asked them what's missing, the number one response was energy and synergy, uh. the creative energy and the interpersonal synergy. That's what was missing. And they are not groovy. But here's the funny thing. They're right. There is data that shows that with a lack of propinquity, with a lack of proximity, uh, human beings think differently. They behave differently. They relate differently. And group dynamics evolve differently. Uh, we are wired to be together. Uh, and uh, we're, our evolution is not keeping pace with technology. Uh, which makes sense, right? Um, and uh, so ever since we were getting together in bands to hunt wildebeests together, uh, we, we, what do we get? We get this thing called noticing. We notice. You don't, you don't mean to notice. Noticing is a little bit of an accident. You notice things about other people. And, and, and when you notice, that creates spontaneous interaction. And when you have noticing and spontaneous interaction, you also have serendipitous value creation. And it turns out that uh, effort and creativity are affected. So I always say to managers nowadays, don't forget that. You know, it's not like, um, and, and so what some managers are doing is, well, you know, on Fridays we have our Zoom meeting, but you can't talk about work. Right. It's only talking about personal stuff and we're going to have cocktails together by Zoom. You know, I'm not saying I'm against that, but I'm not convinced of the business value of that. Right. And, and you know, oh, well, you know, we got to find a way to smell, taste and touch each other. No, not that. Right. Uh, so um, but, but I do think to be aware that there is something missing, that's critical. And then to say, OK, let's not pretend. Uh, let's uh, try really hard to notice. Let's try really hard to promote spontaneous interaction. Let's try really hard to not lose all that effort and creativity that comes from the energy and the synergy. So that's one set of um, uh, concerns and uh, strategies that, that I'm uh, eager to remind people of. The second is take advantage uh, of the fact that your laziest possible management tool, which is a body in a chair during certain hours, is not available to you. And use that to focus on clarifying expectations, concrete actions, goals, parameters, timelines. Show me your plan. Show me your work. Focus on the work, the outcomes, the actions, that's the second thing. And then the third thing uh, is take advantage of this opportunity 
to move away from unstructured communication by touching base and by interruption and uh, and and don't um, overdo it. Don't have meetings for the sake of meetings, but prepare uh, for good meetings in groups and good meetings in one on ones um, and 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 do that work. And um, what I think a lot of managers will find um, that they are able to get better at being managers uh, in this situation. And remember, some people do better in this environment than others, but everybody needs you. Leadership still matters. It matters more than ever. I think that's so important. And, and so I'm wondering the flip side of this is, what's the advice, the strategies that you would give to employees, particularly, um, I've been reading a lot lately about how to get noticed and how to even get promoted during these remote work times. And so how does how does all of these employees that are listening to this podcast, how can they stand out in a remote work environment? The first person you have to manage every day is yourself. Make sure that um, I, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to put on a work suit uh, or whatever else you might do if you were with other people. But what it does mean is, uh, you know, set your schedule, uh, organize your time, uh, set your to-do list, be aware of the gaps in your schedule, and make sure you have a good do list for those gaps in your schedule. Um, uh, make sure that you're uh, being true to yourself, uh, evaluating your own productivity, your own quality, your own attitude every day. Make sure you're taking personal responsibility. Some things are not within your control, but you control your thoughts, your words, your actions, uh, your output. Make sure that you're still practicing good work habits, taking notes, using checklists, making plans. Um, uh, make sure that you're bringing your best to the table every day. That's number one, manage yourself. Number two, the second person you have to manage every day is, is your boss. So make sure that if your boss is not taking responsibility for an ongoing regular structured dialogue, that you get time with your boss every day, every other day, once a week, every other week, and use that time. So your boss might touch base with you. Your boss might interrupt you. You might interrupt each other. But make sure you have a structured conversation at least uh, uh, every other week and uh, send your boss a punch list in writing, decisions you need made, uh, uh, trouble or problems you need help uh, solving, resources you're going to need and how to get them. Uh, cross-functional collaboration, advice you need, how to deal with your sideways colleagues, uh, and then priorities. So if, if you have too much to do and not enough time, make sure you align on priorities with your boss. Ground rules for uh, issues that you can anticipate might come up. And then uh, go the extra mile in, in creating alignment around expectations. Sometimes I call it extreme alignment. Like, like start reporting to your boss. Here's what I'm planning to do today. Uh, here's my to-do list for the day. Here's my schedule for the day. Over report. Here's my to-do list this week uh, or give an end of week report. Here's what I accomplished this week. So report, 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 send work in progress, uh, send finished product. Um, and every step of the way, 
uh, over-report on what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, what you've done, um, and, and don't do it like, I want credit. Do it instead like, I'm creating alignment. I want to make sure you know what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Um, and then the third person you have to manage every day uh, is anyone who reports to you, right? So uh, if anyone reports to you, uh, you've got to make sure you're, you're helping that person stay aligned with you and that you're giving that person the support, the guidance, and the direction they need. And then fourth is anyone else, customers, vendors, sideways colleagues. Every single day, you got to think, what's my schedule today? What's my do list today? And who do I need to focus on today? Me first, then my boss, anyone who reports to me, and then who else? Who do I need to focus on today? Um, and what I tell people is, you know, you've got to make sure uh, that you are uh, aligning on expectations and feedback and uh, getting the feedback you need about how your performance is lining up on, on those expectations. And, and the best thing you can do is um, over-report, over-report, over-report. Help your boss manage it. I think that's great advice, Bruce. And I, I hope that the listeners really glean something, whether they're a manager or an employee, or as you said, many people are both, and really working this out and figuring it out. I, I know that I, I saw recently... Oh, actually, it was a client that I consulted with, and one of her new achievements on her resume was that she's on the, they called it the flex committee, but I'm pretty sure what it is, is uh, we're going to be going back in the office and we've got to figure this out. So she was put on the committee to navigate this process and figure out what this was going to look like and create some some boundaries around it for the employees going forward. And I think that we'll see a lot of that with companies. Um, you know, I think we've I think we're, I think we're past, I'm curious to hear what you think about it, but I think we're past the white knuckling phase of this, right? I think we've settled into it, good or bad, we've settled it and in, settled into it. And now it's, it's a question of what next? How do we move back into the office? Are we moving back into the office? Are we like some companies just selling the real estate and chucking that whole idea that we need an office? Um, but, but creating those boundaries around that going forward, I think is so important. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, uh, I think this is, we're never going back to where we were before. We, we may not all stay at home, but I don't think we're ever going back to where we were before. And I hope that for, for many people, that is a welcomed, uh, a welcome situation. You know, even if you don't love working at home and working remotely, just the fact that you've had this option, maybe you had children at home or some other family commitment that would have been very difficult to manage had you had to go into an office every day. And if nothing else, it makes you appreciate your office environment when you're able to go back to it. And so I've, I've tried to and encouraged my clients to look at what's the what's the learning in 2020 what's the what's the growth how have you improved how have you evolved as you have navigated this for yourself maybe for your company for your team whoever it is you're in charge of so this i think has been a great a great conversation around that and some definitely some food for thought what tell tell the listeners how they can find you bruce oh the be i mean um you know my office would say well tell them at Bruce Tolgan on Twitter and uh, on LinkedIn and Facebook. And 
but uh, uh, and and we've got a uh, 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 podcast um, uh, we've been doing called the Indispensables. Uh, but the best place to find me is rainmakerthinking.com. All right. And we'll have that in the show notes, Bruce. So I thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And uh, this has been great to have this conversation. And you guys know where to find me on the social. So be sure and uh, do that. And also rate, review and subscribe to this podcast so more people can find the great work that we're doing here. So thank you so much to Bruce. Oh, thank you so much. You are uh, the best. Thank you. Thank you. And y'all have a great week and I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach. So be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.